Live from WLIWFM Studio 51, I'm Gianna Volpe with local news on Long Island's only NPR radio station. A third person in what authorities said was a four-member organized theft ring pled guilty yesterday to stealing 48 high-end purses from an East Hampton Balenciaga clothing and accessory store. John Asbury reports on Newsday.com that Jamal John, live from the WLIWFM studio in Southampton, New York, I'm Gianna Volpe on Long Island's only NPR radio station. Remember that crazy lightning storm on Sunday night? Well, the National Weather Service confirmed a tornado with winds of up to 85 miles per hour touchdown in Mattituck at 11.17 Sunday, lasting three minutes as it carved a 2.1 mile long by 75 yard wide path. The tornado was rated EF0, the weakest rating for a twister, and while no injuries were reported as a result, damage from the thunderstorm that accompanied the tornado was seen in Babylon, Ronkonkoma, Hampton Bays, and Riverhead, including downed power lines and tree limbs. Ted Phillips and John Valenti report on Newsday.com that meteorologists from the National Weather Service spent Monday working with Suffolk County Office of Emergency Management officials to confirm a tornado did indeed barrel through Mattituck Sunday night. South Hold Town Supervisor Scott Russell said most of the damage was in the mid to north parts of Mattituck, and while he was not aware of any injuries, five trees had been knocked down and just less than 400 people temporarily lost power after the tornado struck. Suffolk County's Fire Rescue and Emergency Services also deployed its drone team to Mattituck yesterday alongside the National Weather Service to assess the damage and supplied aerial footage to document damage that may have been missed otherwise. A tornado is defined by the Weather Service as a violently rotating column of air usually pendant to a cumulonimbus with circulation reaching the ground. Nearly always starts as a funnel cloud and may be accompanied by a loud roaring noise. On a local scale, it is the most destructive of all atmospheric phenomena. An EF0 tornado packs winds between uh, 65 and 85 miles per hour, according to the enhanced Fujita scale. Over in Riverhead, the town board will hold a public hearing today at 6 p.m. in a town hall and the de- designation of RXR Realty and Georgica Green as a qualified and eligible sponsor for the purchase and development of a two-acre town-owned property on Court Street and redevelopment of two county-owned parcels on Griffin Avenue. Denise Civiletti reports on RiverheadLocal.com that RXR Georgica Green Ventures, previously designated by the town board as joint master developers of the transit-oriented development project near the Riverhead Railroad Station, have proposed building more than 270 apartments, shops, and a 332-space parking garage on the properties. The public can participate in the public hearing today at 6 p.m. in person at Riverhead Town Hall, 200 Howell Avenue, or via Zoom. This evening's meeting can also be viewed on Optimum Cable Channel 22 or on the Riverhead Town website. Also in Riverhead, newer members of the Volunteer Fire Department faced a training course meant to simulate the different obstacles they'd come across during a rescue inside a burning building. 
Alec Lewis reports on RiverheadLocal.com that, the depart- that in the department's Roanoke Avenue headquarters on Sunday morning, around 15 members of the volunteer service, fully equipped with fire protection gear, weaved through wooden obstacles, squeezed through tight spaces, and even simulated getting a wall dropped on them, all blindfolded during the specialized course created by Long Island firefighters. Most of what is done during the course is what these recently minted firefighters already learned during their initial training classes. Uh, First Assistant Chief William Renton explained, he said, although many of the situations members tackle in the course, including navigating through wires, are rare, the course gives them necessary practice and helps build confidence and camaraderie between people in the department. Quote, you see everybody's out cheering each other on and it builds confidence. It's a great thing. And quote, the course was created by Firehouse Training Plus, a company founded by volunteer firefighters on the East End. Owner Chip Bancroft, each ex-chief of the West Hampton Beach Fire Department and current assistant chief of the Plum Island Fire Department, how cool is that, said he started the company after he was asked by different departments to run various trainings and drills. Quote, a lot of these mock-ups to these individual obstacles I use for probationary members to help them get ready for fire school. That's what we go through there, and then I just build on it. And finally, some critics of Brookhaven's latest redistricting proposal say the plan rolled out last week would make it harder for Hispanic and Black residents to elect town council members who would help them deal with issues such as crime, the town landfill, and uh, also environmental hazards. Carl McGowan reports on Newsday.com that citing federal and state voting rights laws designed to ensure minorities have a voice in political affairs, civic leaders in Brookhaven town communities such as Bellport and Gordon Heights said the map proposed by Republican Supervisor Edward P. Romaine would dilute black and Hispanic votes by splitting communities or adding uh, a mostly white community to a district that includes areas with large minority populations. Quote, the whole point of having districts is having commonality. That's Brookhaven NAACP President Dr. Georgette Greer-Key of Bellport, who told Newsday uh, that, adding that the town's proposed map is, quote, putting a circle into a square, end quote. Romaine said Brookhaven's diverse population, about one-fifth, of the town as black or Hispanic should ensure the map meets federal and state guidelines, adding that the map includes no new splits of minority hamlets. Quote, we're not going to do that and we have not looked into that. He said at a September 13 town board meeting, the town posted the map on its website on September 19. The Brookhaven town board has until December 15 to approve a new map that will set council district boundaries for the next 10 years. Reapportionment is necessary because 2020 census data showed two districts are too large or too small based on town criteria. The board has scheduled a 5 p.m. public hearing this Thursday at Town Hall in Farmingville to discuss Romaine's map. It's not clear when the board will vote. Reading the weather in Sag Harbor uh, this morning in honor of our first guest, which is author Shelby Raybeck who's going to have a um, a reading of his brand new book, Wonderless, over at Canio's um, this Friday. Let me just pull it up. Sag Harbor, New York. A beautiful place to be. Looking like mostly cloudy, 
this. What is today, Tuesday? And gradually becoming sunny with a high near 73 degrees. Southwest wind, 7 to 11 miles per hour. Mostly clear tonight with a low around 54 degrees. West wind around 9 miles per hour. Uh, Partly cloudy right now with a uh, temperature of 62 degrees. Getting the music started from all decades and genre. Oh my God. And gosh, excuse me. And there's a praying mantis on the WLIWFM studio window. How beautiful and lucky. You know, I was about to to start by saying that uh, I I heard this track at a doctor's office yesterday. Um, and I cried because I don't know about you, but my September stunk. And I do want to uh, send this out along uh, the heart of the East End going out to the Newman family, uh, missing Dylan Newman very much. Uh, but we've also got some autumn tracks for you at the the uh, far end of this playlist. I'm going to pr- probably try to stag's leap across to get to those songs just to celebrate the fall. It does seem that we are finally in that lull between when the pumpkin pickers come out. So very much enjoying uh, the the quiet after festival weekend. Uh, Tom Petty getting us started with You Don't Know How It Feels from the Wildflowers record. Jimmy Martin and the Sunny Mountain Boys. Nora Jones on deck after that. And then I'll hop past Sean Angus Watson's Don't Know How to Say This to You to play. Rodriguez's This Is Not a Song, It's an Outburst or The Establishment Blues here on Long Island's only local NPR radio station, The Morning and Midnight Show, the heart of the East End, playing music from all decades and genres and speaking to folks from all walks of life, all because of you, the listener-supporter of Long Island's only NPR radio station, donating to WLIWFM.org. We will be back. Let's head on down the road 
travel fast on this hard road you see I'm not here to judge or plead just to give my poor heart Baby, you don't know my mind today Shelby Skip Rayback joining us in just a couple minutes, as promised, hopping, bunny hopping past Sean Angus Watson's Don't Know How to Say This to You from his uh, 2018 record. Of course, if you want to hear it, you can always listen to today's playlist when it is posted on the Heart of the East End program page on WLIW. 
org slash radio. Hop ahead to Rodriguez. This is not a song, it's an outburst or the establishment blues from the cold fact record of 1970. I'm Gianna Volpe. This is Rodriguez and you, whoever you are out there, you are awesome. And you're listening to Long Island's only NPR radio station, WLIWFM. Mayor hides the crime rates, councilwoman hesitates, public gets irate, but forgets to vote dates, weatherman complaining, predicted sun it's raining, everyone's protesting, boyfriend keeps suggesting, you're not like all of the rest, garbage ain't collected, women ain't protected, politicians using People they're abusing The mafia's getting bigger Like pollution in the river And you tell me that this is where it's at Woke out this morning with an ache in my head I splashed on my clothes as I spilled out of bed I opened the window to listen to the news But all I heard was the establishment's blues Gun sales are soaring Housewives find life boring Divorce the only answer Smoking causes cancer The system's gonna fall soon To an angry young tune And that's a concrete co-fact The Pope digs population Freedom from taxation Teeny bops are uptight Drinking at a stoplight Miniskirt is flirting I can't stop so I'm hurting Spencer sells her hopeless chest Adultery plays the kitchen Bigot cops than fiction The little man gets shafted Sons and money's drafted Living by a timepiece New or in the Far East Can you pass a Rorschach test? It's a hassle, it's an educated guess Well, frankly, I couldn't care less Ah, oh, kind of a perfect track to lead us into our first interview segment this morning. Let's see, it looks like uh, it's Tuesday morning. It's the Hot Studio segment underwritten by Peconic Landing. Welcoming back to the heart, uh, Shelby Skip Rayback, one of the first uh, authors that I began to interview on the FM dial um, when we had our former call letters. Good morning, Skip. How are you? Good morning, John. I'm fine. How are you? Happy to have you back. Very happy to have read Wanderlust. You know, it's it's funny because we're returning to the city. The last uh, book that we uh, talked about was Must Read Well. Uh, although it starts in the same place, certainly could not be more different as, as far as uh, what the story is about um, and, and certainly... Uh, the speed. The last book was was a slow burn. This one is far more like a train and definitely goes a lot further. Uh, let's start by talking about the way the book reads. I mean, it reads like a play. Have you considered making it into one? Yeah, I think for me it reads, I mean, maybe even more a movie. I think it's very cinematic. It oh, for sure. It's me, but, you know... But it's very, yeah, it's very visual because it's, because it's governed mostly by dialogue and, you know, crisp visual descriptions, and that's really all you need. I think it's all set up to be transferred to the stage or the, or the, or the screen. I think it would be 
so great for that. All right, so so let's talk about about this book, um, about where you ca- where you came up with the characters, with the plot, uh, the whole shebang. Well, it was really motivated probably by my kids, my you know this Gen Z perspective that I got from them. This I've got a son who really kind of doesn't buy into tradition at all. He's very anti-establishment, to quote your last song. Um, and uh, that was kind of the initial, the initial motivation was just to capture his perspective and to really see things from you know, the other way. I've been, I've been kind of enmeshed in traditional life as a school teacher for a lot of years, but I've always been a writer and an artist as well. So I've had this duality in my life. So I wanted to kind of privilege the other side. I wanted to go the other way, look at things like from an anti-establishment perspective. It's really what's happening in the world today. The kids are just not the old the old way is not working anymore for a lot of people. It's it's really, it's really down. right. It's so bra- I thought rather than fight that, why not just dignify it and let them let them go at it, let them have their day. Breaking down, chipping away. It's it, you know it's interesting because it's sort of like you know when something uh, even even skin or like a like a scab when it chips away and the skin underneath is smoother. Yeah. You know, it's it's sort of yeah. That's a nice sort of, analogy, huh? Uh, so, so let's let's talk about because this is this story is a real like school of life kind of story. Uh, this is about uh, young teenagers who sort of run away from school, but but school goes with them. Can you talk a little bit about the Hellcat character? Hellcat, okay, yeah, she's funny because she just kind of appeared and. A couple early readers, like early drafts, were like, what's Hellcat doing in there? She's a, she's, I don't know, probably her age isn't given, but she's probably a 30-year-old, 35-year-old Spanish teacher in the high school who joins the, the migration, joins the, 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 um, the, 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 the young people. The, the students dropped out of high school in New York City, a group of them, and their numbers grow once they hit the road. They embark on a cross-country odyssey of sorts, migration. And the, the governing metaphor for the novel is, is dark energy. So, well, the the way one of them, the the, the main uh, the, the main character, I little guess, man, the narrator, yeah, yeah, little man, he says, instead of um, they don't fall through the cracks when they drop out of school, they ascend through them. Right. So they rise up on the currents of dark energy. And they go up and they go up into the trees and they begin climbing and zip lining, and they become climbers and you know these daredevils of sorts. This group. Kind of like parkour, but not exactly. Where they go up, they rise up. They're untethered by the establishment, and they just begin to float. They begin to go up rather than down. I just and I Hellcat wanna... joins them mysteriously. She just wants to be in on it. She just had enough, and she just wants to be in on it. So she joins the girls. There's a pack of girls that she kind of becomes the Eurosad's leader of, I guess. And it's cool because you know she's certainly looking over them and guiding them in ways. I wanted to read uh, a quote by Little Man. Uh, gravity pulls bodies down to earth, I say, but dark energy, which is 68% of everything, pulls them back out to space. And then someone someone mentions uh, someone mentions the relationship with him and his mother. And, and I, I really liked uh, this book because I, I always like a book that comes from the perspective of a teenager that uh, that doesn't have uh, – all it's like one one um, character. I can't remember who says it. 
but he said people that are born on third base and and think they've hit a triple. Little man is certainly yeah, that's Lanny. That's his right. uncle. L- little man is certainly yeah, not one of these yeah, people. So no, can you talk a little bit no, about these are, these, are, these, these are kids who make their way from scratch. They start over completely. They renounce their entire way of life, everything, and they just start from scratch. They just head out onto the road. The classic, you know, backpacking trip, but you know, the kids go on where they really want to see the world. They want to be raw and exposed to everything. They do it in toto, totally. So they renounce everything. They give up their families, their communities, but they're not. There's, there's no sense of in their lives. It's really just, they're just clean, they're fresh, they're scrubbed clean of all, all the historical forces that are pulling them and meshing them, miring them in their lives. That are, Really, they just see their adults, the generation above them is so mired in anxiety. Everyone is so consumed by the idea of consumption, by the, 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 the late-stage capitalism, whatever you want to call it, this modern 20th century, 21st century age. But they're just they're just opt out and they're clean, they're fresh. Right. And and the wisdom. I mean, I, I really uh, I felt uh, very close to little man. In I remember uh, my perspective being similar on, on a lot of things as a teenager, when you're able to see through the BS sort of um, the, the, his perspective is very much like that. And, and I thought it was great that the kids uh, get to sort of see in a, in very uh, close quarters um, some of the native perspective and some of the, uh, you know, the idea of stolen lands and, and, and those issues. Uh, I'm curious if this, if writing this book changed you, changed your perspective or opened you up in any way uh, after you were finished. Um, interesting. Um, I guess it's, Probably a process of opening up, but yes, it definitely, I don't know if it was a finishing or when I started it, I just opened up and stayed open, mm. but I definitely had to let go of a lot to be able to write these characters. I had to let go of all my historical ties, my 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 personal life, as I said before, being mired in my traditional life. I had to kind of privilege this fresh perspective, the teen perspective, as you say, but this anti-establishment perspective, which... It isn't easy. You can let go of, you know, by degrees. We all talk, a lot of us talk a good talk, but really letting go of it is tough. But it's right. a process for me as well. But it's liberating, for sure. You know, Skip, I really do, now that I'm thinking of it, because I'm seeing it in my head, uh, especially the zip lining aspect of it, it would be, it would be great on the silver screen. Um, I know that you're going to be having a book signing at Kenyo's this Friday, so I did want to give you some space to talk about that before I let you go and play some Elton John. Um, okay. Um, any dancer, maybe. I'm just thinking of Little Man. Because the last one I mentioned, Little Man, um, which was kind of funny. But um, Friday, 5.30 p.m. at Caneo's. I'll read a couple of short chapters and sign some copies of Wonderless. I'd love to see anybody that's around. Friday, 5.30 p.m., Caneo's Books in Sac Harbor. It is a great bookstore and a really awesome read. 10 out of 10 would recommend to a friend. I'm Jenna Volpe. That was Shelby Skip 
Raybeck, this is Sir Elton John, and you, whoever you are out there, you just heard the Hot Studio segment, underwritten by Peconic Landing, right here on Long Island's only NPR radio station, WLIWFM, 88.3 on the FM dial, throughout eastern Long Island and coastal Connecticut, 96.9 in uh, central and western Suffolk County, and corresponding sections of Connecticut, of course, streaming online to wherever you are at WLIW.org slash radio. Tune me into the wild side of life I'm an innocent young child sharp as a knife Take me to the garrets where the artists are dying Show me the courtrooms where the judges are lying Let me drink deeply from the water and the wine Light colored candles in dark dreary mines Look in the mirror and stare at myself And wonder if that's really me on the shelf And each day I learn just a little bit more I don't know why but I do know why for If we're all going somewhere let's get there soon Oh this song's got no title Take me down alleys where the murders are done In a vast high-pot rocket to the core of the sun Want to read books in the studies of men Born on the breeze and die on the wind If I was an artist who paints with his eyes Study my subject and silently cry magic of the playlist. I made this before I even read Wonderless, but it fits perfectly with our uh, interview. This is Spoons. This book is a movie. That's what I mean by the magic of these playlists. This is from the Girls Can Tell record of 2001. We've got OK Goes, This Too Shall Pass. And the Of the Blue Color of the Sky record of 2010. Then we'll hop to 2021. Georgia Ferrochi's moon signs hopping across the sound for this one's for me. Right here on Long Island's only NPR radio station, WLIWFM.
no, your spe- your speakers are not blown out. The track just sounds like that. I should have hopped over it. I didn't. Whatever you're going through, this too shall pass. And this one is for you. Less than 15 minutes before the next NPR news break and the local news update. Shout across the sound to Georgia Ferrochi.
more track before we stags leap across the playlist right past Blur, Alabama Shakes, and the Chainsmokers to play Maddie and Tay's tourist in this town. This next one is Eleanor B. Rigby's This Is Home from the Covers EP of 2020. You're on the heart of the East End. I'm Deanna Volpe, and you, whoever you are out there, you are awesome. You're listening to Long Island's only NPR radio station, WLIWFM. Often I am upset that I cannot fall in love, but I guess this world is just falling out of it. Are you tired of me yet? I'm a little sick right now, but I swear when I'm ready, I'll fly out of here. Claim the lost tracks from the playlist by finding it on the Heart of the East End program page on WLIWFM's website, WLIW.org slash radio. I usually back up Maddie and Tay's tourist in this town with Casey Musgraves' This Town. I'm going to lead you into the NPR news break with another This Town by Niall Horan. Don't worry, you'll get that golden Casey track. 
out of the news break. This is the heart of the East End. On WLIWFM. Never mind, the Casey Musgraves track will actually be a perfect fit into the NPR news break. If you're taking a sigh of relief between the tourist lull or during the tourist lull, this one's for you. I mean, she bet to see every two. It took three of us to get her off of it. It's a crazy one. We finally got a flashing light. They put it in last year. And everybody got real happy when the grocery store got beer. And last time the census man came a knock and we were busting at the seams. Oh, but don't you forget it is big as we're getting. This town's too small to be me. Big enough for a zip code. Two. We got a Methodist, a Baptist, 
forget it as big as we're getting this town's too small to be me yeah it's too dang small to be me too small to be lying way too small to cheat way too small for secrets cause they're way too hard to keep there's somebody's mama knows somebody's cousin and somebody's sister knows somebody's husband and somebody's daughter knows somebody's brother and around here we all look out for each other You're listening to the Heart of the East End on WLIWFM NPR Radio. With Long Island local news, I'm Gianna Volpe on WLIWFM. There have been accusations of cowardice, name calling, and of course, liberal use of a chicken suit motif. Of course, with six weeks until election day, the candidates in the New York state race for governor have fully embraced a now familiar rite of passage to the governor's mansion in Albany. The debate over the debate. Louise Ferre Saturni in the New York Times reports that Lee Zeldin, the Republican U.S. House representative from Shirley, Long Island, had for weeks challenged Governor Kathy Hochul, the Democratic incumbent, vying for her first full term to as many as five debates ahead of the general election on November 8th. The taunting played out in typical New York fashion middle school style, it appears. Mr. Zeldin incessantly accused Miss Hochul of chickening out on Twitter and in emails to supporters, while the New York Post ran a front page of Miss Hochul, whom they called Scaredy Cat, in a bright yellow chicken suit. Despite the goading, Hochul remains noncommittal until last week when she said she would appear, uh, apparently participate in one debate, an event hosted by Spectrum News New York One on October 25th. Zeldin decried her decision as cowardly and, ins- and insisted that the candidates should have several debates. Zeldin has accepted invitations to two other debates that Hochul has not agreed to, but he has not as of now accepted the invitation to the October 25th debate in an apparent sign of protest, posturing or bargaining, or all three. 
Back in 1994, George E. Pataki was not given the chance to debate former Governor Mario M. Cuomo, a three-term Democrat. Mr. Pataki, a Republican, prevailed nonetheless in an upset victory, but did not debate his opponents in the following election in 1998. So as matters stand in 2022, it remains unclear when or even if New Yorkers will get an opportunity to watch Hochul and Zeldin face off as they contend for the state's highest office in a race largely defined by competing visions around issues of public safety, affordability, and reproductive rights. Uh, While progressive insurgents have racked up wins against party-backed Democrats in recent years, the tide has receded this year as both groups face a shared target in Republicans hoping to stage a conservative comeback. Michael Gormley reports on Newsday.com that the pattern is highlighted by several wins by party-backed establishment candidates in this summer's Democratic primaries, as well as a lack of new progressive candidates threatening to siphon votes from Democratic nominees on the November ballot. And it comes as Republican challengers threaten core Democratic values, including abortion rights and gun control. According to political analysts, quote, there is a common enemy that drives Democrats back together. That quote from Gerald Benjamin, distinguished professor emeritus of political science at SUNY New Paltz. Uh, An analyst said if Democrats in New York stick together, the party's enrollment advantage of more than two to one over Republicans could be insurmountable in most legislative, congressional and statewide office races in November. But if the growing liberal wing is sufficiently upset by the party's centrist turn, they could choose not to vote, as progressives did nationally in 2016. That was when large swaths of young liberal supporters of progressive Senator Bernie Sanders of Vermont, black and Hispanic Democrats, and Democratic-leaning independents didn't show up in force at the polls to vote for Hillary Clinton in her 2016 loss to Donald Trump, according to a survey, SurveyMonkey.com exit poll cited by many political analysts. Meanwhile, Republicans are trying to use progressive and socialist movements within the Democratic Party to paint the whole party as extreme. And in other news, a public hearing on the outlay of Riverhead Town's 2023 Community Development Block Grant funds will take place at Town Hall on Thursday, October 6th at 2.30 p.m. Riverhead Town expects an estimated allocation of up to 200 thousand dollars and the town board is seeking public input on the development of the town's application for the funding cool stuff denise civiletti reporting on riverheadlocal.com that the funds are to be expended for the benefit of low and moderate income persons and for the prevention of slum and blight according to requirements of the community development block grant program administered by the u.s department of housing and urban development Written comments for the record will be accepted until November 7th, and it should be addressed to the Riverhead Community Development Department, Riverhead Town Hall, 200 Aven- Howell Avenue, Riverhead, New York. That's 11901. Reading the weather in Calverton in honor of our next guest, Jonathan Tolson of Sugar Sweet Treats, joining us for the Tasty Tuesday segment, a long overdue Tasty Tuesday segment underwritten by Southampton Arts Center to talk about the Calverton business incubator oven fire that happened a month and a half ago now, looking like a mostly cloudy Tuesday, gradually becoming sunny with a high near 75 degrees southwest wind, 7 to 14 miles per hour, mostly clear tonight with a low around 48 degrees, 
west wind 6 to 8 miles per hour. Right now it's 62 degrees, and I'm giving you that Nile Horan track. This town from uh, the single from 2016, Kitchen Dwellers, this time from the Ghost in the Bottle record, would have sounded better on the back of Casey Musgraves, but that is all right. Vampire Weekend, this life from the Father of the Bride record, Jim Reeves, the Grey Havens, and Iron Wine. After that, I'm Gianna Volpe, a humble host of the Heart of the East End, playing music from all decades and genres and speaking to folks from all walks of life all morning and midnight long, uh, Monday through Friday, 9 to 11. Again, the replay at midnight, all because of you, the listener supporter of Long Island's only NPR radio station, WLIWFM. Waking up to kiss you and nobody's there The smell of your perfume still stuck in the air It's hard Yesterday I thought I saw your shadow running round It's funny how things never change in this old town So far From the start Tell you everything The words I never got to see The first time around And I remember everything From when we were the children Playing in this fairground Wish I was there with you now If the whole world was watching I'd still dance with you Drive highways and byways To be there with you over and over, the only truth Everything comes back to you mm-hmm. I saw that you moved on with someone new And the pub that we met, he's got his arms around you It's so hard So hard And I want to tell you everything Words I never got to see the first time around And I remember everything From when we were the children Playing in this fairground Wish I was there with you now As if the whole world was watching I'd still dance with you Drive highways and byways to be there with you Over and over, the only truth Everything comes back to you You still make me nervous when you walk in the room Them butterflies, they come alive when I'm next to you Over and over, the only truth Everything comes back to you mm-hmm. And I know that it's wrong That I can't move on But there's something about you As if the whole world was watching I'd still dance with you Drive highways and byways to be there with you Over and over, the only truth Everything comes back to you You still make me nervous 
When you walk in the room Them butterflies, they come alive When I'm next to you Over and over The only truth Everything comes back to you mm -hmm. Everything comes back to you Live in the WLIWFM studio in Southampton, New York. We've got Jonathan Tolson of Sugar Sweet Treats joining me. We got Ch Kitchen Dwellers. They'll come up. It's funny because we've got the next track is going to be the Kitchen Dwellers. And the track's called This Time. Now, there was a time, I suppose about a month and a half ago already, that there was an oven fire. Uh, at the Calverton Business Incubator, one of my favorite places. I absolutely love the idea that there's so many people that are able to really get a foothold, get started in a business uh, without the overhead of having a brick and mortar, especially these days. More and more people are trying to skip that. Um, then there's there's a fire and 70 producers or more than that are sort of out of luck in many ways. So, I, you know, this has been a long time ago now, and I'm realizing we haven't really talked about this, which is a huge thing. So I'm really grateful to you, Jonathan, for, for coming in and talking with us, not only about uh, about what happened, but about Sugar Sweet Treats. So thank you for being here. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. So first of all, fill me in. I, I feel so silly, especially as a reporter, that I uh, am so late to the game on talking about this. Yeah, well, it was, uh, it was, it was, um, it's been hard actually. So it was August tenth that the uh, oven blew up and it shut us all down. I mean, so there's only one oven. I mean, <clears throat> explain this how 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 the setup works and and why it was uh, a domino effect that really put everyone sort of out of luck for so long. So it, it's really like a great facility. It has, uh, we have our own rooms that we rent. Right, right. So each different producer has, and there's maybe like 25, 30 of us that have rooms. And then all the other ones come in and use the, the facility, you know, by the hour, like right. this day, that day, whatever. Uh, and then when we want to have, um, when we need to use the ovens to bake, that's when we go down and we'll use the bake shop. So the bake shop has these, two big massive ovens that you could roll in the speed racks and you could bake off a tremendous amount of product in an hour right you know so for us for sugar sweet one of our core products are these linzatar cookies we make and we could bake off 11,000 cookies wow in 45 minutes you're not kidding 11,000 right so you know so two big ovens that push these racks in, and then they have wall ovens and so forth. Anyway, so when it blew up, it, you know. Took out both ovens? Is that <clears> how it, it, it took out the one oven, but right. it blew out ceiling tile. The oven moved, pulled on the gas lines. You know, it, it did. It shut the place down legitimately. It was it was just offline. Right. Uh, but then they had a bunch of things. They had to correct, repair, and get up to safety so that they could let us back in. Right. So, uh it, it put everybody out. Just, you know, we've been 
bouncing around here or there, trying to work in a different kitchen. Uh, so you're traveling with, you know, stuff that you have in your garage to take to another facility or maybe maybe orders that you're backed up and, and uh, can't meet. We just we we're we're working ten times harder to make twenty five percent of what we would normally make. So where are we today? Are the ovens back online? Uh, do they have have people been able to go back into the kitchen yet? So we're actually scheduled tomorrow to move back in. Um, starting, That's fantastic news. Yeah, I like to hear that. Yeah, it's it's good. It's late. Right. Better late I mean, than never, right? Right, right. Uh, so what happens is they want to do like a systematic check-in. So this way Stony Brook wants to bring in each company and make sure we're not bringing in more equipment than what we had so we don't like overtax the the system the, yeah the electrical system right um so once everything is all in this week is everybody gets to move back home mm. and get settled in right restock our rooms with all our you know uh, raw goods and cardboard boxes and shipping and right and then uh monday the third right monday october third it, don't ask me yeah. i have no idea <clears throat> that's when what uh, is tomorrow you know what yeah. is today Okay, so that's ahead. when they're going to have the uh, partial reopening. Okay. And which means we'll be able to be in and start producing. Those big ovens don't come in until mid-October, mid-November. Wow, stop so, it. So the production rate is not going to be there. But they do have three other wall ovens that don't nearly do what they, you know, we, what we would do in, in, in an hour will now take us about four hours. Right, because, I mean, just between the, the ovens volume. and, right. So um, I think the check-in seems good because I wonder if that will be an opportunity for each of the producers to sort of also state their individual case as far as as loss is concerned. I mean, I saw that there was a GoFundMe. Correct. Um, I do want to mention that. I hope there are more than the one I saw. The one that I saw was from the Suffolk County Alliance Chambers. Right. They, it looks they like, have been fantastic yes, in helping us. So, yes. yes. So they but did set that up for us. I did see that there was only $3,000 that have gone toward it so far. And, uh, I mean, can you give us, uh, you know, a little bit of an idea about the numbers here? I mean, with more than 70 producers, what is the number looking like for loss and, and how are people dealing with it? Probably over 600,000 is what we calculate right. with all the companies. Right. So for some, August was the biggest month because uh, we deal with a lot of um, farm stands, farmer's markets, local shops, you know. So we have a lot of summer traffic, tourism. Um, a lot of us have a busier time in August. And then we look forward to the next round of holiday season for everybody's products, right? So <clears throat> it, it's it's probably about six hundred thousand dollars collectively. So what are what are people planning or, or trying to figure out as far as as that type of loss? Is it something that uh, you deal with with taxes or, or, yeah, or well, what? Well, none of us really have the uh, that insurance line for that right. interrupted service. Maybe right. just one or two one or two companies had it. Wow. So we were all calling our insurance company, and they said, no, Stop you don't have it. that. Yeah. What a tragedy. Yeah. You know, especially, you know, for, for, for these uh, people, these are people that are just getting started with their business and trying to build up some sort of a nest egg, sure. it, uh, which, I mean, in a business that takes several years uh, of before you break even anyway. Yeah. Well, for us personally, August is like our busiest month, mm. <clears throat> and then it would help really kind of carry over the next few months. Right. 
So And of course out here you have to be gathering the nuts to get through winter. Sure, sure. Will this be knocking anybody out completely? It, uh, you know, it, it may, but we haven't heard of anybody yet folding That's, the door. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful to hear that. Some people are just waiting. Some people are, um, you know, waiting for the, uh, the Calverton Incubator to open up. Like I said, others are working off-site, like over here in this uh, Southampton College. Right, East okay. End Food Institute. Yes, we they love made them. Their, yeah, they made their kitchen available. We oh, rent it. Oh, that is beautiful. Yeah, we rent it. Uh, costs us an hourly. We go after hours and use their. So, so like, so last night we worked from five till midnight. <laughs> at over at the East End Food Institute. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. Yeah. So it's like I said, it's just it's so much harder. Just you know, at the moment, um, and it's and it's hard enough as it is. Right. Right. But, but right. but all of the companies there, right? <clears throat> you know, we're a big family there. Yes, I love to hear that. Right, and all of our products are out here locally at the different shops, different farm stands, markets. Buy local, my friends. Yeah. Uh, just you know, I know one person was hurt and injured, and and yeah. uh, I'm curious. Do you know if if they're all right? So we don't know. That was the building manager. So, okay. Okay. so they're not really talking about it. You know, okay. she did sustain some injuries, and she's home recovering. We were so. sending the heart of the East End goes out, uh, hoping that you uh, recover soon wherever you are. Yeah. Um, let's. But we we've got. We're uh, I guess getting close to time. Let's learn a little bit more about sugar sweet treats. Uh, where can we find your Linzer tarts? And tell us more about uh, getting into the business. Sure. So, uh, Jackie, uh, my wife, Jackie, she's the owner of the business. Hi, Jackie. I wish you were with us today. Yeah. She's I, probably I, baking. And I, I said, why don't you come with me? She said, no, I don't need to do that. <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> she's the baker. I'm the pot washer right, and the delivery right. guy. <laughs> I understand. It's a so, good business. Yeah. So, um, you know, she started in 2013. And she managed a couple of little local places. And then with the pandemic, she thought, wow, this is done. She's got to shut the door. Yeah. And the farm stands blew up. And yes. so, right. So she asked me if I would kind of retire my work. I'm a self-employed contractor. So I started slowing that down and working more with her and I do the sales. So okay. we're in over 30 places now for us. And um, it, it picked up quite a lot. I love it. Yeah. So where can we find, uh, where can we find so, sweet treats? So we, we carry um, Schmitz right here in town, right carries right. Um, right. some of our products. Um, Southampton Cheese Shop, they carry a couple of the products. I love that place. It's pretty new. Yeah. Green Thumb right here in town, they carry. Very cool. Corwith Farm, um, Balsam Farm out in uh, Amagansett, they carry a lot of our product. Balsam Farms out there. Right. Uh, I know I'm forgetting some, so anything forgive on the, me. Anything on the North Fork? We're trying to expand out there. Got it. So um, it's a little tough trying to break into there, but but also, I mean, you talk about the 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 family of uh, at the Calverton Incubator. I have to imagine what an incredible resource as far as that's concerned. The networking. Uh, just networking fingers through the East End. Yeah, and you know everybody does help each other. Everybody has questions, whether it's packaging, whether this, whether it's you know. This, so everybody does bounce off of each other for different ideas and help and you know uh, tricks like you know with uh, you know some of the baking you know. Well, Jonathan Tolson, Sugar Sweet Treats. I can't thank you enough for coming in this morning. Yeah, my pleasure. Giving us an update about the Calverton Incubator Fire. Again, just letting folks know there is a GoFundMe organized by the Suffolk County Alliance 
chambers to help some of these producers uh, reclaim what was lost. Again, uh, Jonathan saying more than $600,000 likely uh, between the 70 plus producers affected. They will not be getting those two big ovens back online till mid-October, which is a a huge shame. And of course, we are uh, wishing the best for the person injured in the August 10th fire at the Calverton Incubator. I'm Gianna Volpe. That was Jonathan Tolson of Sugar Sweet Treats here for the Tasty Tuesday segment underwritten by Southampton Arts Center. Uh, I'm Gianna Volpe. This is Kitchen Dwellers. And you, whoever you are out there, you're awesome. And you're listening to Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM.
Life from the Vampire Weekend's Father of the Bar- Bride record of 2019. Got a little Jim Reeves, This Is It, and the Grey Havens, This My Soul Autumn Sessions. 
a happy uh, autumnal equinox to all of you. Though we're quite uh, a little bit past that. Stay with us right here on WLIWFM. Here I sit While teardrops fall And wonder why I care When you don't care at all But I'm a fool that way From a way back A fool who'd take you back If you'd come back again But this is it You're gone, you're free You'll find another love But this is it Well, this is it That day is here It's no surprise And yet I can't hold back the tears Well, here I sit And try to How such an empty room So full of loneliness Well, even the clock has stopped Somehow I guess it knew That time's run out for me It's over all through Yes, this is it You're gone, you're free You'll find another love But this is it for me What? 
the 15-minute mark before the top of the hour, the next NPR news break, and the end of this edition of The Heart, I just want to give big thanks to both of our guests this morning, Shelby Skip Raybeck and Jonathan Tolson, as well as our underwriters, Peconic Landing and Southampton Arts Center. We've got Iron and Wine, Eva Cassidy, and Bridget St. John on deck for you. If we have any time after that, we've got John Coltrane and Johnny Hartman the Dandy Warhols, Diana Crawl, and Tall Heights. We'll see what we can fit in for you here on the Heart of the East End, the morning and midnight show featuring music from all decades and genres and interviews with folks from all walks of life, all because of you, the listener-supporter of Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM.
As autumn comes, I stay behind and gather sounds. She leaps for me, 
she sings, be gentle, be kind, this is not always easy, but if a man should ask for more, don't be afraid to give, and when he dares not ask at all, then offer what you Shows me pine and cedar tree, magnolia, yew and tamarisk. The evergreen is ever free. I hear her, I remember this. I shuffle with October and worn out wings of butterflies through water whispers rocking weeds I sing her autumn lullaby Looks like I'm gonna have to put a lot of these autumn tracks in my back pocket for tomorrow morning. But that's all right. A little John Coltrane and Johnny Hartman, my friends, little autumn serenade here on WLIWFM, NPR Radio. Thank you. 
little dog jump past Dandy Warhols and Diana Krall, leading you into the NPR news break at the top of the hour with Back to Autumn from Tall Heights, Holding On, Holding Out EP. I'm Gianna Volpe, and you, whoever you are out there, you are awesome, and you're listening to Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM. the same you know as we buried you below on a still winter day in the plot you picked out so many years ago when you laid your wife in her grave bring me back to autumn or lead me on to me Lead me on. 